Taco Day, whatever that means, so we have this gem for you. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes. It's raining tacos. It's raining tacos. Out in the street. Tacos, all you can eat. Mm. Lettuce and shells. There you go. I was all right till they started listing the ingredients. <laughs> That's what lost you? <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty funny. Oh, it's that, it would be, so stupid. It, well, it sounds stupid or funny, but it would be horrifying if it ever actually happened. Imagine the terror. Yeah. A delicious terror. You'd wonder how this possibly happened. The delicious Mexican sandwich. The taco. Coming up, we got a guy who is uh, an expert in security and, uh, geez, combat and and all kinds of different things. We're going to talk about the freaking mass shooting and what we can do to stop these or what we can do as individuals if we're ever in a situation like this. I think we all wonder. We all picture ourselves what we would do if something like that happened. I mean, you have to. It's a natural defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm looking forward to talking to the guys. Really interesting fellow, but. He, 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 part of his line of thinking is, is that a lot of what everybody's talking about is either unconstitutional, undoable, or impractical. Impractical, right? Uh, you know, and and the other thing that we all have our our delusions, our self delusions, our things we like to pretend aren't true. Here's one of mine. When it comes to dealing with uh, you know a situation, a life or death situation, or a very dangerous situation, which I hope to God I'd never have to. Um, you probably won't. It's very unlikely. Well, right, right. Uh, but the one thing, the one must, absolute must, and nobody disagrees with this. There's one of those few things, 100% agreement. Training, 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 training. Repetition over and over and over again because you will fall back on your training. You know, I think you were talking about this not long ago, Jack. You don't rise to the occasion. When all of a sudden you're in an impossible situation, you kind of fall back to the level of your training. Yeah, I was taught that in a combat gun class by one of these guys like we're going to be talking about. That's yeah. that's a myth that you will all of a sudden in a crisis situation do something you don't normally do. Yeah, that is uh, uh, purely purely a uh, construct of the movies and TV. Let's see, I lost something I really wanted to get. Oh, hey, we made an egregious, flaming, shameful factual error yesterday. I probably made five. That we need to we need to rectify. Uh, and also, there will be a come to Jesus meeting with one of the fine people who works on this show. Wow. Is that a threat? It sounded like a threat. Mm, it's a statement of fact, Jack. Wow. It also sounds like a threat. Everything you say sounds like a threat. Oh, you'll know when I'm making a threat. That that was threatening. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of things very quickly, if I might. uh, Here is, uh, where is that? Dang it. I was sure I kept that email from a guy. Damn it. Uh, One of our beloved listeners got a, uh, he was on the uh, the Yahoo or one of your uh, internet sites. And here's a pop-up ad for him, and it's um, it's Wells Fargo. The, the The subject line was, Jack, you called it. It was a Wells Fargo ad saying, we've teamed up with Equifax. 
They need to, to protect your information, blah, 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 which you had called for. You had called for the two great consumer-abusing, lying, cheating financial institutions of 21st century America banding together to bring you even more of that. Well, maybe we'll, I'll find that, but that's the essence of it. I love this headline. This is, this is for reals. IRS awards multi-million dollar fraud prevention contract to Equifax. The no-bid contract was issued last week as the company continued facing fallout from its massive security breach. How could that possibly be true? I don't want to sound smug here. Just like I didn't want to sound threatening earlier. That is the way the government behaves. They don't behave according to the rules of logic, decency, thrift, morality that most of us behave like in our real lives or most businesses have to behave like it is a different beast and one not to be trusted and i don't want to sound smug because i know people think oh joe's just going off on his usual thing but you got that and you got this do we have time for this because i want to give this some good long shrift yeah well why not not short shrift is what you're saying oh yeah plenty of shrift uh, Slough House, California, is a uh, a lovely little rural town outside of uh, Sacramento, the the capital. And they uh, they have a, a fall harvest festival out there. It's charming. I've actually been to it. And this was posted on their Facebook page. It's been making the rounds, and I I love it. Thanks for passing it around to us. This is the one I referred to. My wife pointed out the other day. In 2014, the costs to put on each event started to get out of hand. This is picking it up midway. They do a really nice job of describing the history of the festival and how charming it is and how it's just it's laid back. It's 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 informal. Just the people who organize it, organize it. Everybody comes and has a good time. Then everybody goes home and nothing bad has ever happened. Nothing bad has ever happened. In 2014, the costs to put on each event started to get out of hand. Permits, added insurance, extra help to manage traffic took a toll to the unacceptable point. So 2015 was the last year we had all three festivals. They used to have three per year. Deciding to zero in on the Fall Harvest Festival, seeing that it was the only one that showed any chance of breaking in even or anywhere near it. When time came to acquire the permits for the festival, something had changed at Metro Fire, and they changed the permit from $375 for the event to $1,600 for the permit and $25 per booth, bringing just their permit to nearly $5,000, from $375 to $5,000. This was a budget buster for us. We canceled the festival on the spot and began to make plans to refund everybody who'd left a deposit with us. Then Metro Fire came back after we canceled and rescinded their fee schedule, saying they would only require us to pay $1,200 for the permit and waived the per-booth fees. I accepted their offer, but when I asked them that this was if this was to be the norm from now on, I got a, quote, we'll work with you on it. We can't <laughs> work the, with that. That's not the way it's supposed to work. That's so, not the way it's supposed to That's the way it works in Mexico or a lot of third world countries. Indeed. Well said. Well said. In countries where corruption and crime in the government are the norm, even more than the norm. Where you get a traffic sort of ticket happens. and they say that'll be $500. You say, I can't afford $500. They say, how about $250? Right. You start negotiating. It's not right. the way it's supposed to work in America. 
So they went from $5,000, and the people said, that's it. We can't run the festival. It's canceled. And and the fire people come back to them and say, well, uh, could you do uh, like uh, 1200 bucks? That's great. That's that's the current state of America. It's fantastic. Certainly corruptifornia. You know, if you'd like me to defend that term, I will come to speak to your civic group or whatever. I'll, you give me three hours, I'll I'll scratch the surface. It's just, it's shocking. And I wonder who made that decision and what position are they in? Is that an accountant of some sort? I mean, what? Who? And that's not, not the first time I've heard that. Actually, a buddy of mine was trying to open a business and went to the local uh, folks for one of the many permits you have for the government to permit you to do what he wanted to do in this business. Let's say he wanted to sell greeting cards. The government has to permit you to sell greeting cards. Well, he went to him for the permit. They hit him with an astonishing number. Michael, let's go to break. We got a great guest coming up. Um, they hit him with a huge number. He said, oh, "We, oh, I guess we can't open. They said, well, I don't know. Uh, how about like uh, two-thirds of that? Can you pay that? And, and and he came to me. He said, what the hell should I do? Did they use that kind of weird accent sounding like a mobster? Uh, they might as well have. That's interesting that they... That's the only effing thing that's missing, you dumb F. <laughs> oh, I get it. You're trying to insinuate something. But it's a, <laughs> like a shakedown from organized crime is what's happening. That is kind of what I was hinting at, yes. <laughs> We're going to talk to a guy who knows a lot about it, protecting places, protecting people, security, all that sort of stuff around the horrifying Vegas story. And uh, what do what do I do as an individual if I'm ever in a in a horrifying situation like that? Talk about that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's interesting, interesting. I mean, the whole country's having the conversation, right, of uh, what do we do to stop this coming from different political angles, these sorts of things from happening. That guy bought 47, he owned 47 guns, all of them bought legally. Bought 33 guns in the last year, all of them legally. He had like $150,000 worth of weaponry. He bought really high-end stuff. Guy must have had a lot of money. Sent $100,000 to the Philippines. Maybe to that chick, maybe not. Nobody knows that for sure yet. What was that all about? Nobody can find a single person who's a friend. Right. This guy was the transparent man, the the man who wasn't there, to quote the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I've, I've heard a number of people who are experts in this sort of thing say this is really, really, really unusual. Like, this has never happened in my career, where you come across a guy that's just got nothing. No clear, I'm angry at this, or I'm involved with that. Just nothing so far. Well, let's turn to uh, the very difficult practical matter of uh, preventing and or dealing <coughs> excuse me, with this sort of thing. Uh, and we welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Kelly McMahon, former Marine Special Missions Officer, owner of... Combatives Brand A Security Training and Services Company. His credentials are uh, ironclad and rather impressive. Um, if I came upon him, I would just ask him to be gentle. Uh, Kelly McCann joins us. Hello, Kelly. How are you, sir? I'm well, guys. How are you doing? We appreciate you spending a little bit of uh, time with us. We know you're busy. Uh, absolutely. I'm happy to. Hey, uh, Kelly, I heard you say something the other day um, about things people can do to protect themselves. I want to save my favorite nugget for a couple of minutes because it's it's something I'm going to think about, try to think about like every day the rest of my life to protect myself. But before we get to that, what's just your overall impression? You, you've got to be following the conversation. You're on cable news shows. You're on talk radio shows. People are talking about what can we do? These things keep happening. What's just your overall thought of what we do as a society to stop this sort of thing from happening? Or is there anything? 
Yeah, that that's the most difficult question because when when an event like this happens, there's a lot of emotion around it, obviously, and people you know want to immediately take you know significant action. But but the reality of it is, you know, 90 days from now or 60 days from now, uh, when corporations or event planners or promoters or whoever uh, look at the bill in order to actually you know have decent security or a level of security that might help prevent or, or dissuade somebody from doing one of these things, uh, I think you'll find that their appetite is, is not as great as their emotion is. So it's just impractical in your mind to secure major hotels, for instance? Well, keep in mind, you know, anytime there's a presidential move or there's a national security event, things like the Super Bowl or something like that, the amount of money, guys, that has to be uh, expended in order to actually do a decent job of securing these things is is literally staggering. I mean, because you've got to deal with all the different angles, right? You've got to deal with high angle attacks. You've got to deal with attacks at the ground level. You've got to deal with mobile attacks. Now that uh, you know, um, Aspire Inspire magazine has put out the idea of using trucks and cars and things like that. So, to actually secure physically secure a space that's going to house, you know, 22,000, 30,000 people, um, it, it takes an extraordinary level of effort. And, and I think what people normally do, promoters, people who are in charge of these things, they, they basically uh, look at it and say, what's the frequency with which these things happen? Um, and the frequency that they happen, although tragic and they're awful situations, um, they are relatively infrequent. Don't forget, we have a 24-7 news cycle, so we hear about these things no matter where they happen in the world 24-7. So the appearance is that they're, they're happening routinely. Uh, they're actually not happening routinely. They're happening with more frequency, but they're not happening routinely. When you look at, for instance, uh, Israeli society, which combines functionality with an extremely high level of security by American standards, do you think we can apply any of that here for hotel security, for instance? Um, no, because if you think about it, right, there's one international airport in, in Israel, Ben-Gurion, and, and so, yes, they can have extraordinary security measures uh, in, in Israel. Um, we have 464 here in the United States. 464 versus one. The the land mass of the state of Israel is about the size, roughly, of Maryland. Uh, compare that to the whole of the United States. I mean, it's it's a significantly different problem. Um, a lot of times, initially, people point to the Israeli model, which is fantastic and it works for them uh, and has for you know decades, but. We have a different problem here. Uh, we have a, a, a more free and open society. Um, you know, gun ownership uh, is is part of our rights. I mean, people own guns and, and uh, weapons. So you can't, it, it's apples and oranges. There are some elements, like their surveillance detection efforts, uh, the way that they employ people within crowds who don't look like security personnel that are absolutely, uh, you know, excellent models for what we can do. And in some airports in the U.S., uh, TSA does utilize those kind of tactics, techniques, and procedures. But generally speaking, just the enormity of the U.S. makes it a bigger problem. Is there anything that you slap your head and you think, I can't believe we're not doing this yet in America? Uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I, I slap my head and I can't believe that people aren't understanding that the responsibility for their personal security falls on them. Um, you know, it's like, take, for example, an analogy of just like a simple criminal assault, right? Criminals don't act like criminals when police are present. 
So the idea that, you know, the police are going to protect me, although that every single cop out there would love to have everyone to have a, a personal policeman, someone that they could go home with and that they would be, you know, protecting them 24-7. But that's just not the reality, you know. So I think people need to take more responsibility for when they go into a public area, where are the exits? Consider the fact that you could be caught in one of these situations. It's not up to a guy with a, a wand to wand somebody and make sure that, you know, one of these things doesn't happen. What are you going to do if or when you are caught in it? Have you even thought about it? Have you visualized it? And have you actually embrace the fact that it could happen to you. Most people won't because it's an ugly thought. So basically they relegate security and all those functions to people who are outside of their control. It's, it's ridiculous. Kelly McCann is a uh, former Marine Special Missions Officer, is the owner of Combatives Brand A Security Training Services Company, trains folks uh, and groups all over the world in uh, security, self-defense, etc., the most important thing I heard you say in an interview the other day, and I'm going to think about this all, all the time, is it's never fireworks. I'm going to th- I'm going to try to pound that into my head so that I don't have that reaction if I ever hear that noise. Guys, it is it is never fireworks. It's never a car backfiring. It's, it's just never is. Even shooters, right? People who are sports shooters and spend time on the range and all that can can be a little bit dumbfounded when gunfire erupts in a surreal place. For example, you know, if you have weapons and you go out and you shoot and you're a responsible uh, uh, firearms owner and all that, you obviously associate the sounds of gunfire, the sounds of using weapons with a range where it's appropriate to use them. Now transport yourself to a mall and you hear multiple what you think are rounds. It's it's a surreal moment, right? And and when you get hit with cortisol, epinephrine, and dopamine, think about this. Uh, your heart rate immediately triples or quadruples. Now, that's something that people normally get to when they do high-intensity inter- uh, high interval training, like Tabatas or CrossFit or something like that. And it takes some time to get to that heart rate. When you, when you understand that you are in a situation, when you suddenly understand that you're in a situation that the consequence could be your life, your heart rate triples immediately. So imagine what that does to your ability to see, hear, uh, it's called the adrenal response, you know, and, and it's when you get adrenalized like that, you're not 100 percent. It's not like we're sitting here, you know, having this interview. It's in a highly adrenalized state. So everything becomes harder. So if I'm in I'm at a mall, I'm at a music festival, I'm wherever I hear the noise. I immediately think that, you know, I'm not going to think I'll bet it's fireworks or backfiring. It's somebody's shooting or it's a bomb. What's the first thing I should do? Look, so so take, for example, something like that happens it's a great question a lot of times somebody anybody will make an initial move and i'm not suggesting running either but let's say that someone does run and they run in a particular direction a lot of people who have not taken a breath and and actually had cognition happen where they've actually thought okay here i am i know there's an exit over here to my left they'll follow the furtive movement so in fact you could be running the exact uh, wrong way um, you know, this is this is kind of combat 101, you know, and what we train our Marines and soldiers and, and people who actually prosecute wars to, to, to be aware of and to be able to do under, uh, you know, periods of high duress. The, the bottom line is take a breath, find, find cover, right, something where bullets won't penetrate. So the difference between cover and concealment, cover, you can't be seen, 
I mean, uh, you can't be seen and you cannot be shot. Concealment, you can only not be seen. And then, in a leapfrog manner, just kind of move away from what you think is the problem. And again, you don't have to incite panic and run. But you, you should immediately move away. The wrong thing to do would be to move toward it to confirm what you think is a problem. Kelly McCann instructs folks on this sort of thing all over the world. You know, it's another way to put it. My daughter just went to Europe for a couple of weeks and... Uh, you know, it was uh, pretty close on the heels of some of those truck attacks. And uh, what I told her is, listen, when something like that starts, everybody has the same delay. Is this happening? Can this be happening? I said, if you can minimize that time, recognize it is happening immediately. That's how you save your life. And listen, nobody wants to walk around with that baggage. But I, I just think if you're going to be realistic uh, or a non-sheep, going through life, you have to at least be semi-mentally prepared for, yes, when these things start happening, they're real, and and you've got to make that period of reaction as quick, as, as short as you can. Well, yeah, that's a great point. You know, we teach, of course, Muay Thai and boxing and, and combat sports, and I'll use the analogy of slipping a punch. So you see, a, you, you believe that a person's about ready to throw a punch, so you slip, and, and, and the guy didn't actually throw, throw the punch. Did you lose anything because you slipped it? You still didn't get hit, right? Slips are free. So, so why wouldn't you err on the side of this is happening and, and remove yourself from the potential problem? Um, people, are, they feel compelled to confirm that this has actually happened. Remember that final confirmation of any attack is the attack, right? So, I mean, if you think something's going to happen and you hang around, the only next thing that can happen is that it does. And by that time, it unfortunately might be too late. I could talk to you all the day, all day long, but you, you've been training in combat sports since you were 12. You're a six-degree black belt in American karate jitsu. Um, i got to ask yes. you this question. Have you heard that George Foreman and Steven Seagal are going to fight, and who do you like? Oh, why are you guys going there? Come on. I just wondered if you had an opinion. You know something about combat sports. <laughs> Listen, I love George Foreman. You know, um, he's just fantastic. I... Yeah. Okay. What What's your next question, guys? <laughs> so much for the help we we're, were hoping to get wagering, Jeez, Kelly. Yeah. I thought I had insider information that was going to help me bet. Yeah. Hey, l- listen, we, we, we really do appreciate the time. It's great to talk to you. Your insights are, uh, are really valuable for the folks listening. Uh, I hope we can do it again. Awesome, fellas. Anytime. All right. Thanks. Thanks very much. It's never fireworks. That's what he says. That's that's a good one to try to pound into your head. Well, it's never fireworks. And I, I've run into a couple of situations in my life, and maybe it's just because uh, I'm a prick and I don't care, um, or I don't care in the same way as some other people do. There was an emergency. There was something terrible happening, and people were afraid of looking foolish by reacting to it they were afraid of 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 looking silly or being made fun of because they called 911 when it might not have been that or something and i liked his slip in the punch analogy turns out you know it wasn't life or death you're fine it's okay and anybody who'd make fun of you from that is just trying to like lessen the stress of it. But you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be a guy who hits the floor at a party every time a door shuts, do you? 
Well, no, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> Every time the microwave dings, you're laying on the floor prone. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> there's some. There's a Seinfeld episode or something with somebody that doing that. I remember it. Um, Enjoying a little fun with PTSD, were they? Oh, good lord! Mm? Is that your mm? role today to try to mm? suck the fun out of everything? Mm. I was wow. having a good time. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> trying to wow. remind you the realities. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Boy, he would not bite on the Foreman uh, Seagal thing. He did get a laugh out of it, though. <laughs> he thought it was funny. Yeah. He's got to have an opinion. He's got to. What's coming yeah, up in your news? the opinion is obese <laughs> oldsters shouldn't fight each other for our amusement. But if they do, I'll watch. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the girlfriend of the gunman in the Vegas mass shooting is back in the U.S. We are beginning to get some details from her as the interrogation continues. Does anybody... And they're releasing them? Does anybody have any idea why she was in a wheelchair leaving the, the plane? No? And if you've yahooed, you've been hacked, and we're also getting late word that Secretary of State Rex Tillerson expected to make remarks at the State Department very, very soon. Topic, moron gate. Topic is not known at this time. Uh-oh. Details coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. Joe's calling it moron gate. It has to be addressed, I would think. Trump hasn't tweeted about it yet. According to NBC News, Tillerson called Trump a moron behind closed doors. Well, he referred to him as a moron. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow, we might have some serious breaking news going on this yep. morning. Let's get to news with Marsha Phillips. Well, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson expected to make remarks at the State Department in a couple of minutes. Now, the topic is not known at this time, but earlier NBC News had reported that last summer Tillerson wanted to quit and actually called President Trump a moron. <laughs> so didn't didn't he, he referred to him as a moron to other people? Yes, to other people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, which is not as bad, obviously, as saying to his face, but, right. you know, it's pretty rough. I mean, this is, you know, these are old, seasoned, been around the world, know what you can and can't say type of people. Right. <laughs> right. right. I mean, for right. him to unleash a moron in a meeting in front of people is a heck of a thing. Is there a chance Tillerson's about to walk out and resign? Uh, yes, there's a chance. Absolutely. Because the story broke yeah. that he called the president a moron. Well, and, and it's pretty well known that the entire State Department is really unhappy because they have so many positions right. on staff, etc., and diplomacy just doesn't seem to be a uh, priority. But, or does he come out and say, I never said that? Well, I guess we'll yeah. find out pretty soon. The girlfriend of the gunman in the Vegas mass shooting back in the U.S. after returning from the Philippines, Mary Lou Danley, met by federal agents at uh, Los Angeles International last night. As investigators are looking for a motive for the deadly attack. Now, so far, they've learned that Danley's a 62-year-old Australian citizen born in the Philippines. She supposedly met the shooter while she was working in the high-status section of the Atlantis Casino Resort in Reno, and the couple began dating last spring. She's been described as sweet and friendly compared to her husband by neighbors in Mesquite, Nevada. At the local Starbucks, employees say they remember the shooter frequently berating her in public. They said it happened when she asked to use the shooter's casino card to buy their coffees. He'd glare down at her and say with a mean attitude, You don't need my casino card for this. I'm paying for your drink just like I'm paying for you. 
Well, well, that's the first information we've had about the guy. That's a little hurtful. That's mm-hmm. the first thing we've heard about the guy. Okay, so he's angry in public. You know, at least he got some glimpse of his personality. Yep. It's weird up until now. He got nothing on the dude. Yeah, one of the many things they're going to be asking uh, the girlfriend about, the $100,000 the shooter sent to the Philippines in the days before his murderous rampage. That money's still being traced. Investigators also looking into financial reports over the past several weeks that show the shooter gambled more than $10,000 each day. Apparently, that was a lot more than usual. He was a gambler, but this was uh, quite quite a run. Dude had a lot of money, obviously, if he spent a hundred grand plus on guns in the last year yep. and sent that much money to the Philippines. A lot of money and absolutely nothing in his soul. Right. Yahoo now says hackers breached all of its 3 billion user accounts in a 2013 attack. Not just the 1 billion it revealed last year. One of the leading tech companies on Earth. The door is unlocked. Yahoo first disclosed the breach last December, saying information including the names, email addresses, birth dates, social uh, and security questions and answers have been taken. So... So now so, they know my dog's name. That's my security uh, question. <laughs> so I'm a Yahoo guy, and yeah. we all have our credit with Equifax. So we just, I mean, there's just, my info's out there. Yeah. At this point, is there any point in protecting it? I mean, it's just, it's out there. Should I just publish it? Yeah. Here's my social security number. My birth, Here's my most popular password. It's all out there. All right, we're waiting on Rex Tillerson to divulge, uh, you know, is he going to stay or is he going to go? That will be unfolding here probably within the half hour. Oh, that man. When's he due to, when did he say he was going to talk? 7.30. Okay, because they got the camera on the double oak doors there at the All State right. Department. Is he on the phone with Trump right now? Trump's begging him to stay or telling him he's got to go or who knows what. Or is Tillerson going to come out and talk about North Korea and it's got nothing to do with right. this stuff? Maybe he's on the phone to Exxon. Y'all got any openings over there? <laughs> I'm an oil man, you see. I uh, I used to work there. My file's probably still there. Well, we probably ought to take a little yeah. break, and we'll uh, come back and hit you with the what Tillerson has to say. Um, God, that's going to be something if he resigns because yep. oh, he called the president a moron behind closed doors. It's all as interesting as hell, but it's uh, not good for the country. Yeah, we are in a Cuban right. missile crisis-like standoff with North Korea. Yep. That is still going on. And every day that goes by, they get closer to getting uh, whatever they need to do, whatever they want to do. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Secretary of State Rex Tillerson is expected to walk through those doors any minute and either resign or say the story out from NBC News is not true. That's pretty much the only choices, right? Is it a Rexit? Back to you, Jack. (laughs) Again, Sean, turn off your microphone. (laughs) So if you're, if you're not up on the story, um, NBC is reporting today that uh, uh, Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, wanted to quit this past summer, specifically after the President Trump talked to the Boy Scouts. I don't remember. What did Trump do with the, with the Boy Scouts? It was that a typical people? Trump rally, campaign rally speech in front of the boys. And Tillerson ran the Boy Scouts for a while. It was very political. It was highly amusing. And the Boy Scouts are very important to Tillerson, and that was... Probably the straw that broke the camel's back, not right. the issue, but a bunch of things. And he was going to quit. And uh, uh, McMaster and the sec def, and I'm guessing Robert Gates, talked him into to staying. And also in the story is that in a meeting after a couple of uh, uh, after a couple of meetings with the president didn't go well, Tillerson said to some other people in a meeting, "The president's a moron." Allegedly, now several of these big big stories have turned out to be completely fictional. Absolutely, in the past. So, grain of salt. Let's look at it from that standpoint. 
because we haven't yet, really. What if Tillerson comes out and says, I would just like, I know there are reports in the media. I, I, I never considered quitting. It's the great pleasure of my life to serve as Secretary of State for this great nation. I've never referred to the president of the moron. All my interactions with him is he's very up and blah, blah, blah. What if he comes out and does that? What's that do to NBC News <laughs> or well, any news? Well, you got to send Brian Williams out there. <laughs> you know, as I watched the bodies floating past in New Orleans, I knew that the stories about Tillerson were true. Of course. We stand by our reporting. The other side is, and we're still staring at the uh, the doors on television. He was supposed to speak at 730. How do you schedule a speech for 730 and you're now damn near a half an hour late? What's going on there? Uh, frantic behind the scenes editing and or negotiations. He could have said, that's it, I gotta quit when the news broke. And now people are saying, you can't quit, we're dealing with North Korea, you've got the back channels, this would be a disaster. Right. Um, I seriously doubt he's in there watching Tom Petty videos on YouTube and has just lost track of the time. Or he's in the bathroom. I'll be out in a minute! I'll be out in a minute! I said in a minute, damn it! (laughs) The entire press is assembled. What do you want me to do? What if he comes out and says, this is the other side of it, what if he comes out and says, I did refer to the president as a moron, he is a moron, and I'm resigning. Oh, boy. I don't don't (laughs) see that. Brexit, back to you, Jack. You would shut up. You you, there would you don't burn a bridge. (laughs) He would spin it so that in a moment of weakness, I lost my temper and I said I'll regret it for the rest of my life. I have offered my blah blah blah. He'll he'll go out on a classy note. Take full responsibility. Oh oh lord, oh lord. I called the president much worse than a moron. So bad that I can't say it here. (laughs) Moron. You should hear what I call him. No, I, I don't know. I have no idea, but. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling, uh, my, my spider sense is tingling. It's, it's going to be momentous. Any chance that he's going to come out? You know, Trump, uh, has been saying for weeks, he made his decision on whether or not we're going to get out of the Iranian nuclear deal, which is a big story. Any chance Tillerson's just coming out to announce that we are exiting the Iranian nuclear deal. Ah, uh, yeah. So nothing or, to do with moron and all or that. Or a breakthrough with the North Koreans, I suppose. You know, it certainly is worth saying that. And the more history you read, the more you understand, you know, moron is is going pretty far. But there have been spirited, angry disagreements between presidents and their closest advisors. And I don't think it's productive for uh, those who are on the scene or or work for those people to run to the media about no, it. No, you should. You should, Un- unless there is something to something that serves the country by you doing that. You should be able to get mad about your boss and call him a moron to other people behind closed doors and not have everybody find out about it. Because you yeah. might. I've called people morons that I then worked for for ten more years. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> behind closed doors. I not mean. all griping is insubordination. And and a sure. good leader knows that and knows the difference. All right, they're venting a little bit. We'll look for signs of insubordination. Okay, he had a bad moment. Well, sure, they think they're right about something. I think I'm right. I I I, I disagreed with them. I right. told them they're wrong. So lost my head a little bit. Yeah, and that's true. You should be able to do that. Certainly, that has been the case, as you said, through many administrations. Boy, how satisfying would it be to enunciate, to say out loud everything you think about everybody you work for and with? Doesn't everybody fantasize about that? <laughs> I don't think it'd be satisfying. Oh, no, it'd be terribly unproductive. And it, Whatever happened to the high road? You know, my, my, my question to you folks day after day, you got to take the high road. You'll like it up there.
Well, what's Tillerson doing behind closed doors? Somebody trying to convince him not to quit or who knows what. But uh, we'll bring you the very latest when it happens. The doors are still closed. I'll be out in a minute! God! (laughs) Hashtag Rexit. (laughs) Hope you're running the fan in there, Rex. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.